Today I wanted to share something with you um, from the Word of God, and I've titled it Hope Beyond the Temporal. The Temporal. Hope Beyond the Temporal. You may ask yourself, why does the pastor always stay on these subjects? Why does he not leave them alone? It's because zeal for his house has eaten me up. And you are his house. Zeal for his house has eaten me up. And what Jesus did when he went into the temple, he drove all of the bad stuff out. He made a cord, uh, a whip from cords, and he drove them out. He was not out of control, but he drove them out. He says, you, you will not make my father's house a house of merchandise. It is written that my father's house is a house of prayer for all nations. You've also made it a den of thieves, and he drove them out. And so whenever you see someone who is a, is a great, is a fanatic, you might call them, then just think they may love that thing or that person more than you. And so that's kind of where I, I come from. Zeal for his house has consumed me, has eaten me up. When we talk about the temporal, uh, T-E-M-P-O-R-A-L, temporal, we are talking about those things that uh, pertain to or concerned with this present life or this world. That's what we're talking about. Hope beyond what you can see, feel, touch, smell, and all of that. Hope beyond this world, this age, this era. Also, it's, it's something when temporal, something that's temporal is only enduring for a time. It's not eternal. It endures for a time. Something that's temporary, something that is uh, transitory, that is uh, as opposed to eternity. Something that is passing away. It's opposed to eternity. So God's desire is that we would uh, have hope beyond what we can see, touch, smell, feel. So many believers think that they are not worldly. They think they're not worldly. If I would say, are you worldly? They say, absolutely, I'm not worldly. Because they don't frequent bars or nightclubs. They don't use profanity, nor are they promiscuous. But to be worldly is to be overly concerned about this life, the things that are now. That's worldly. When you want to participate in things beyond or other than Christ, other than what he values, you're worldly. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 20, Paul writes, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. So in Philippians chapter 3, Verse 17, he says, he says, join in following my example. So then that means our leaders should be example leaders. And if they are not, if they are not example leaders, we don't give them a break by saying, well, they're still growing too. They should be example leaders, and we are still growing. And he says, and note those who so walk as examples, as biblical examples, as you have us for a pattern. 
Then Paul sort of goes on into the depths of what he wants to, to express. He says, for many walk or have lifestyles of whom I have told you often. See, now Paul was telling them often. And so the, the word of God is not to impress you with something brand new every time. The word of God is, is, is line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. We need to be told the same things until we start to do them. He said, I've, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end, that's everybody who is an enemy of the cross of Christ. Now he's not talking about all these people outside the visible church. He's talking about the visible church. I want you to hear my voice today. Hear my heart and hear my words. And he says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. Now, when he says whose God is their belly, yes, they were gluttonous. They, they always, everything centered around the next meal. You know, everything, when I was a boy, you know, we got saved. Of course, I got saved a whole lot of times. It was like, and, uh, you know, oh, I messed up. I got to go get saved again. I didn't, we didn't understand the concept of being saved. But, but we would always, we would go get saved, you know, let's get, get saved. But then it would so affect us that we didn't want to eat. We just wanted more of Jesus. But now when you get saved, so, so many people get saved or say they're saved, and they can't wait to go eat after church. But listen here. Whose God is, uh, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. Who, now listen to what he says. He's not finished by saying, who set their mind on earthly things, hope beyond the temporal. They set their mind on earthly things. And so there, there's so many of us, even now, we read books about how to get rich. Now, there's nothing wrong with having wealth. There's nothing wrong with having monetary wealth. But you already have wealth beyond money. You have eternal wealth. And you must value that eternal wealth. You know, these billionaires, Jeff Bezos, I have nothing against Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or, or Carlos, Carlos Slim and, and the like. I have nothing against them. I don't envy them because I have Jesus Christ, the light of the world, and so do you. He says these people have an end. Their mind are set on, uh, is set on earthly things. On earthly things, is that you? Are you trying to get over in the earth? Are you trying to be more uh, successful in a worldly sense rather than in a godly sense? That's a good question for all of us. We must never put the things of earth over the things of God. Then he says, he gives an explanatory verse by saying, for our citizenship is in heaven. So, if my citizenship is in America, why am I always worried about some other nation? I, I do know we have a responsibility to pray for all the nations of the world. We have brothers and sisters, and I've prayed for the Ukraine. I've prayed for them, prayed for our brothers in Belarus because there's a dictator, a mean, a demonic dictator, uh, who, who wants to hurt people because he has power. And it's not up to us to, to support him, to succor him. But we must pray against those evils. That's what the gospel is about. 
It's about righteousness and justice. It's about goodness and kindness. It's not about those things that we see. And believers are taking sides, split right down the middle, as to whether we should or whether we should not. No, we should pray. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. Our citizenship is where in heaven. So then we must set our minds on heavenly things. Said so we must look above. We must set our minds on things above, not on things of the earth. Wow. Now, now, now I, I want to say there are those who would say, but no, 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 no. We're told by God to be good citizens. You should be a good citizen. Yes, you're told by God to be a good citizen. You should be a good citizen. But your first responsibility is to your citizenship in heaven. Eternal, not temporal. Eternal, not temporal. I thought I could get a better hand than that. So Paul says, we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he is coming from where? From heaven. Paul is enjoining or prescribing a course of action. It's as a prescription. He is prescribing a course of action for us to follow that, it, that, uh, that is certain. This, this course of action is certain to bring us to our goal, our destination, which is a, a union and reunion with Jesus. And it's called faith. Faith, hope beyond the temporal. It's called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And this is what I want you to, to grasp. It's the things that are not seen. So faith helps me to see what human eyes cannot see. And so that gives me hope beyond the temporal. Let, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, some very uh, familiar and favorite verses of mine. 12 through 19. So we find in these verses that Jesus Christ is our risen hope. He is, the risen Christ is our hope. So the risen Christ, Jesus must be risen. Without Jesus as a historical figure does not help us. Jesus is the risen Christ, the one who broke death's power over all of us. So you and I have, have been free, liberated from the grips of death. That, that's so big. But, but we've heard these things so long, we don't, we don't seem to be impressed by them. Do you know that before Jesus came, death was the master? Death won. No matter how good you were or how great you were, death won. But now, we don't go to some holding tank when we die. We go directly to be with the Lord, for to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We don't go to some place and waiting and hoping. Listen here. Verse 12 tells us, now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? So you have to be careful because evil communication corrupts good manners. You have to be careful who you hang out with. I was a young boy, a young college student. I went to my dad and I said, Dad, Dad, should I not uh, be friends with these guys? <laughs> you know, they're bad, Dad. He said, well, let me tell you like this, son. Whoever's strong, stronger will draw the weaker. And it happened. 
I'll tell you more about that story. Verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. So Christ, the risen Christ is our hope. He is our expectation. Yes, he's the one we're looking forward to, the risen Christ. That's how we can live this life successfully, in this world successfully, because of hope in Jesus, expectation in Jesus. I'll tell you more about hope in a moment. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. It's good for nothing. I'm wasting my time. If Christ is not risen, our preaching is empty. Your faith is also empty. Your faith is null and void. Why do you, why? If Christ is not risen, you're going nowhere. This is it. Eat, drink, and be merry. But there's hope beyond all of this stuff. There are Christians right now arguing and fighting over these local lots when you've got the expanse of the universe waiting on you. An eternity with God our Father and Jesus our Savior through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, he says, we, uh, your faith is empty if Christ is not risen. Verse 15 says, yes. And we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if, in fact, the dead do not rise. And so what he, Paul is saying is we're false witnesses. Another way to say that, we're lying to you. If Christ is not risen, we're, we're lying. And your faith is futile. It's empty. It's vain. Then he goes on to say, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith, faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Now listen to verse 19. This is what I wanted to get to. If in this life only we have hope, we have an expectation, we have trust in Christ, we are confiding in him, we have confidence in him. If in this life only we have confidence in Christ, if in this life only we trust in Christ, if in this life only we, we, have, we confide and have confidence in Christ, he says, we are of all people most pitiable. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, hope, expectation in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. So we are the biggest fools in the world. Because it's all based on the fact that I can see beyond the natural. I can see beyond my lack. I can see beyond my pain. I can see beyond my quote unquote unanswered prayers because sometimes we pray things we ought not pray and we wanting God to deliver us when God is trying to develop us and we are we're saying get me out of this crack I'm in Lord and the Lord is saying no I'm going to leave you there for a while we think that 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 a revival is having everything we want give a child everything you, uh, that child wants and after a while you won't want that child hope. It's not this life, everybody. It's not this life. It's, what I, it's not what I can gain from this life. It's beyond this life. There's hope beyond this life. It's, 
this word that is this, this translated empty or vain or futile, uh, there are only two places where it, it is, and that is in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 19, um, and I mean, I'm sorry, 17, and also 14 and 15, but it's also in, in Revelation. Um, let me just get to that in just a minute, and I'll, re I'll read to you what uh, the John says about it in Revelation. There are only two places in the Bible it's used. And uh, it's, the word is, the Greek word is elienos, elienos, or elienos. And he says, now, we were singing a song uh, this morning, all of my hope is in the name of Jesus. All of my hope, and it was, it was a, a, one of the lines in the song, all my hope is in the name of Jesus. So, and then we said, God is doing something right now. But do you see it? Amen. Yes, all of my hope is in Jesus, and God is doing something right now. He's doing something right now as I deal with my issues, my problems. God is doing something right now. I'm glad that God didn't answer every prayer I prayed. I am so glad God knows best. He says, no, that's not what he wants. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes intercession uh, for the saints according to the will of God. And I, I believe it was Robert... Uh, Cornwall, Robert Cornwall, who said that, he said the way he understood that, he said that when you and I pray, the Holy Spirit like piggybacks our prayers. He said, just guess and says, Father, this is what they, their heart really means. Because sometimes we don't say what we really mean. We don't say what we really need. And, and, and so the, the, the Bible is so uh, very, very clear here that all of our hope must be placed in Jesus. And God, rather, whether I see it or not, God is doing something right now. I, I would offer to you that God was doing some of the greatest work that he has ever done on the earth for, and for mankind when he was silent, when Jesus was hanging on the cross. God was doing something. God was doing, wasn't talking, but God was doing and when you and I don't, don't hear God's voice, don't say, well, he's not talking to me. God is doing something right now. There's hope beyond the temporary. There's hope beyond this. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 17 through 22, he says, because you say, this is what the, the word of God is saying, because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know, he says, and do not know, you do not know, that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And Jesus is saying, look at my picture. Look beyond the earthly and see me through eyes of faith that I am seated on my father's throne and I am going to guarantee you to do the same. But when... But when you say, oh, I'm doing really great. I have need of nothing. I'm living in the greatest country in the history of the world. 
Really? We have a better country. We have a heavenly country. I'm a loyal citizen. I'm faithful. I have said before that, that America, I love America. And I want you to say that. Don't ever leave here and say, well, Donald Lavelle doesn't love America. You, you would not be telling the truth. I love America. But sometimes for my, my life, has been America like a, 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 an abused spouse. I love him, but he doesn't love, much love me because he's beating me all the time. Is that too heavy for you? America's been like that for me. And, and I still love America. So what I'm saying is we can't think because we are Americans and, and our one goal is to keep everything American, to keep our, our cushy lifestyle. And I love climate-controlled buildings and climate-controlled cars and climate-controlled airplanes. I love that. But no, that's not my goal. My goal is to see beyond all of this because this is just a, a shadow of what is to come for all of us. Place your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And so that word miserable is the word that is the same word that means vain and empty. Now let's go here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's look at it. What? Because there's hope beyond the temporal. You may say, well. You know, nothing has happened to me good in this life. I've heard people say that. Nothing really good has happened to me. Man, it's like, it's like if I didn't have bad luck, I would have no luck at all, you know. You know. Yeah, yeah you know, that's how we live. But let me tell you something. God is doing something for you right now. God is up to something. And you can't see it with the natural eyes, but there's hope beyond the temporal. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 16, this is what Paul says to us. We do not lose heart. Now, can you just say that with me? We do not lose heart. Now, you say it with your mouth. Don't think it in your stomach. We do not lose heart. See, because the Bible says you can have what you say. You can have what you say. Didn't say, well, just, well, I thought it. No, you can have what you say. You want to be depressed? You can have it. I just say, I will not be depressed. Hallelujah. I will not be, I will not be down. This world will not put me down. There was a, my wife's dear friend, Claudia, many years ago. Claudia Jackson. I will give her full name. She was, they were good, dear friends, and she was one of the three people we would allow to babysit our children. I, I was a terrible parent in that regard. You know, I don't know who you are. Yeah, I know we've, been, we've known each other for 25 years. Mm -mm. <laughs> I mean, we kept those kids close. And uh, so, uh, but, but, but Claudia was, uh, was a, just a dear friend of my wife, and she would, we would let her babysit our children, and she'd have a little switch. I don't know if she ever popped them, but I knew that if, if she did, it was all right. You know why? Because I knew she loved them. And uh, one day, the children saw her, and, and my, my wife said, hey, uh, 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 Marcus and Jen, Ginger told me they saw you uh, walking around downtown, uh, in town, with, in, it was in Kingsville, Texas, yes, and she said, with your head down. She said, oh, no, honey. Oh, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't ever, I made a promise to myself, I don't ever 
want anybody to see me in Kingsville, Texas, walking with my head down. And so, but many believers are walking with their head down. We're not walking looking up. We're not walking thinking that Jesus could come for me today. You know, we don't see things beyond the temporal. Everything that affects you in this life is not meant to get you down. It's to educate and train you to, to look above. Look up. My redemption is drawing now. Jesus says, when you see all this crazy stuff happening, rather than complaining and wanting, wondering who you're going to vote for to fix it all, look up. Your redemption is drawing now. Paul says, we do not lose heart. That's my mantra. I do not lose heart. I will not lose heart. Because greater is he who is within me than he who is in the world. I will not lose heart. I will not give up and be a contradiction to the gospel. Even though, now listen, I, we will not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing. I can't run like I used to run. I'm not as strong as I used to, to be. The outward man is perishing. Yet, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Don't you look at me outwardly and think he's going down. I'm just getting ready and God is getting me ready to share this cocoon and to fly away. As the old song used to say, I'll fly away. Oh glory, I'll fly away. So when that evening come or that morning comes, I'm going to fly away. But Paul says to us, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. But for a moment. This is what God has given to us. It's for a moment. What is it doing, Paul? It's working for us. The things you're going through, they are working for you. Oh, Jesus, come deliver me before I fall. What? They are meant to work for you. They are working for you. What are they working? A far more, far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Hope beyond the temporal. While we do not look at the things which are seen. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Father, bless your word in our hearts. In Jesus' name.